This is another episode of our Stocks to Watch series from Global One Media with me, Munir Barazi, your business analyst and host. Today, I'm speaking with Chris Frostad, the co-founder, president, and CEO of PurePoint Uranium to learn more about the expansion of their Tabernor project in the prolific Athabasca Basin in Canada. The company is listed on the TSX Venture Exchange as PTU and on the OTCQB as PTUUF. Chris, welcome. Good morning, Munir. Good to see you again. Good morning. <laughs> Let's jump right into it. Exciting news coming in from PurePoint. You've recently announced the addition of approximately more than 8,800 hectares to your Tabernor project following an airborne mobile magneto telluric survey. Before delving into the details, could you tell us a bit about the project and what makes it so attractive? Okay, uh, well, Tabernor is one of our earlier stage projects, and it was something we started staking into uh, a few years back. And as background, uh, the Tabernor fault system, as it's known, actually begins in South Dakota, and it, it travels straight up north um, about 1,500 kilometers or nearly 1,000 miles. And it, it's actually associated with, with over 80 historic mines, that particular uh, fault system. And as it heads north, it goes right through eastern Saskatchewan and the eastern part of uh, of the Athabasca Basin and is uh, also aligned with eight of the largest uranium mines uh, in, in, in Saskatchewan, if not the world. So what we have is there's a natural fabric to, to the basin. If you look at, at maps and you see where the mines are, and it, it has this you know lower left to upper right sort of fabric to it. And the Tabernar system runs straight up through it, and and so it's it's been somewhat associated for with with uh, uh, with with one of the control functions of of how things would have been deposited. Having said that, what we have also learned in the last ten years or so is that uh, these these large uranium deposits aren't restricted right to the boundaries of the Athabasca Basin. The basin used to be bigger. It just got scraped off by the, the glaciers way back when. So some of the bigger deposits and, and discoveries of the last 10 years have been found just slightly outside of the basin. Having said all that, what we did is went out and we uh, staked columns of, uh, of property just south of the basin, but aligned with all of these major deposits to see whether there there, there was some sort of uh, um, targets and, and opportunities we could find there. Uh, we did an airborne survey at that time uh, over top to see if we could find what we what we look for as normal targets. And we did, in fact, find three of them. But one primary uh, target area, it's it's a, it's it's a graphite in the basement rock cut right through the center of, of all three of those projects. So we immediately went out and staked the rest of it that we could see was was in between them. And uh, and to your point, this last uh, this last fall, we went out and did a, another airborne survey. This one is magnetotellurics. It's just a different a different form of, of geophysical survey that we use to identify targets, uh, so that we could cover the entire target area that we just we'd staked again. And of course, from that, we identified that it continued on even further, and we started to see larger anomalies off to the east. So uh, before we announced any of any of the work we'd done, we we scampered out into the woods and staked up more more property and uh, and that's that's pretty much turned this into one of the largest land holding you know projects that we have right now but now we actually hold the entire 50 kilometer length of of target area 
Um, so at the same time, we did go out and and did do a, a few a uh, few kilometers of surface soil geophysics sampling, and all of those results are now coming in. We we what we announced was the addition of this of our land uh, to the package, and uh, over the next uh, month or so, we'll be getting the final interpretations from that airborne survey and the assays from the uh, from the samples we've taken. So that's that's Tabernor and and why we're there and and. Uh, and why we're getting pretty excited about it. That's a really good place to operate in. And you're trying to cover as much of the potential as possible. Could you perhaps elaborate more on those results and on whether they were in line with your initial expectations? Well, yeah, we've got, um, we did find uh, the target area we're looking for. I mean, what it allows us to do is 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 reduce our land package in, in other areas where we didn't find things that were interesting. And I mean, that that's part of the game here is uh, because it costs us to hold land. We have to work this land in order to hold it. And the quicker and more effectively you can reduce that down, down to the very precise targets you're looking for, uh, the better. Uh, so in this case, yes, to, to find, uh, to find the targets we did aligned with the fault system that we, that, that we believe is part of the control system out there, uh, was, was, perfect in our mind and, and it allowed us to to make sure that we were able to acquire the entire target area um and it will uh and we've also known from other drilling that's actually going on in the area that that there is uranium mineralization in the region so uh all the all the all the clues are coming together that would that would uh that would say that we're in a we're in a pretty perspective area and and we'll continue to narrow that down uh, to a point where we can uh, we will put a drill out there and and uh, efficiently uh, really test these targets. It seems so indeed. Uh, so let's look into the future. What are your next steps on this uh, project, and uh, what will you focus on in your exploration efforts? We were talking earlier, and you mentioned that uh, your exploration can be more effective in the winter. Perhaps you can even talk a bit more. About <laughs> Well, it's 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 uh, what we would do next. Again, was was once we get the interpretations, of the assays, we will, we will take an even finer look at at those target areas and determine whether we need to do any more preliminary work before we we take a drill out. Um, you know, drilling is the most expensive aspect of of this process, so you want to make sure that you've uh, refined your targets down as much as possible before you do that. Um, Yes, as I mentioned, the the winter is the best time for us drilling out there because we can we can drag things over the frozen snow and the frozen lakes and rivers and streams and things. Uh, so it makes it easier to work out there. Uh, it does get pretty cold, uh, but but it doesn't require a helicopter to get around, which which will double our costs. Uh, so what we hope to see happening with with Tavernor uh, over over the coming months is that uh, we we have that that entire package refined down to specific drill areas, and then it just it really becomes part of our of our uh, pipeline of, of properties that we can start to prioritize. I mean, we we plan on drilling, uh, we'll be commencing drilling on at least four of our projects in the coming year. And, you know, it's, it's, it's exploration. So, uh, you know, if, if we, if we come up short on one of those projects, we have more to do. Uh, and that's really what, what we, we, we want to ensure is that we've got an ongoing pipeline of prospective projects uh, that we can be drilling and and uh, in order to identify that next big deposit. Wonderful. And what challenges are you currently facing uh, in this project and how are you addressing them? 
Well, the, the, this this project in particular doesn't have a whole lot of challenges because it is because of where it is. It's it's easily accessible. It's it's literally right off a major. Uh, I don't want to call it a highway, but there's a major major route up to the north that goes right by it. So it's easily accessible, which makes it easy to work to get in and out of. It makes uh, it easier for service providers for drilling. So it's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a very good project from an operational standpoint. We have other projects where it's a little more difficult to get to. It's a little more isolated and, and off in the middle of nowhere. Um, but you got to go where you think the uranium is. So uh, we have we have all flavors of, of projects going on out there. This one, you know, this one is is like I say, it's easily accessible and it's a, it's a well-known area. So uh, I we're not anticipating any problems uh, continuing our advancement of it. Sounds very encouraging. Um, my last question. Having identified those targets now, what excites you the most about uh, all of this? And what does this mean for PTU's shareholders? Uh, why is now the right time to consider PTU as a stock to watch? Yeah, I think I think what's happening now is because we are seeing excitement in the uranium market. We're seeing um, we're seeing a lot of money coming into the uranium market. Uh, it's it's uh, as I mentioned before, it's a small it's a small market. There's, there's really only maybe a dozen of us out there looking, and there's a there's a big uh, demand gap coming at us that that uh, the world is kind of looking to us to fill in the future. So it's important that we find more uranium and and find significant deposits of uranium. And so over the next year or so, I think you're going to see a lot of money coming into, in particular, in Canada, uh, which which has has you know far far larger uh, opportunities than, than a lot of other jurisdictions. And, um, and, and through that, we're once you, if we're putting money in the ground, then, then, you know, the opportunity of finding something becomes greater. You have to poke a hole in the ground before you're going to find anything. And, and, uh, and the more money that's available to do that, then, then the greater the odds of, of, of finding it. So as we see that support and that capital coming into what we do, uh, it allows us to get out there and, and, and drill more aggressively uh, on what we think is, is, you know, one of the most prospective uh, portfolios of projects uh, in the basin right now. So uh, we keep that pipeline full. Uh, we keep the money rolling. And uh, we keep the drills turning, and it's uh, it's uh, it's anybody's game moving forward. Very good. And uh, the overall trend seems to be that the the EU, uh, Europe, and the, and North America seems to be moving towards relying more on nuclear energy. So I think that is also a positive factor, indeed. Definitely, it's a big factor. I mean, there's 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 and we've talked about it before. There's been the the supply issues because it's the price of uranium has been depressed. Uh, people have not been producing uranium. They haven't been uh, mining it. They haven't been developing opportunities and they haven't been putting money into exploration. So obviously the supply side is down. But to your point, um, the world is really waking up to to the opportunity of, of utilizing and leaning heavily on, on nuclear power as a source of, of green energy. And and that that opening up of demand is uh, is uh, certainly certainly creating an opportunity for all of us in the space. Indeed. Chris Frostad, the CEO and president of PurePoint Uranium, thank you so much for sharing those updates. We look forward to hearing more positive news from PurePoint very soon. Thanks a lot, Manir.